The previous Mishnah learnt a few laws regarding which types of Shuas Bitui one can make from the words which the Torah uses when discussing a Shuas Bitui, to do bad or to do good. The simple explanation of the Apostle because they were talking about the future. But the Mishnah said that it also includes Shavuos regarding the past. It also includes things which aren't necessarily bad or good. And this Mishnah brings another law which is learnt from that terminology of Lahora Ilhetiv, to do bad or to do good. Nishbalavatalasamitzvah, one who swears to nullify a mitzvah, either not to keep a positive mitzvah or to violate an Avira. But he did not violate that vera, or he did end up fulfilling that mitzvah. He went against the Shavuah, but went with the Torah. Says Mishnah Potter, he is exempt, because this is not a valid Shavuah's bitui. Why is that? The Mishnah is going to explain that the Posuk says that you make a Shavuah to do bad or to do good, which implies that it has to be something which is either totally bad or totally good. For example, if somebody makes a Shavuah to eat something, that is viewed as being something which is good for himself, it's good for his body, it's beneficial for him, and concerning his neshama, his soul, the spiritual side, it's sort of irrelevant. But if somebody says, let's say, he makes a Shavuah to eat something which isn't kosher, on the one hand, for his body, it's considered to be a benefit, it's considered to be good. On the other hand, for his neshama, for his soul, on the spiritual side, it's considered to be bad. And therefore, it's not included in this term, lahora oilehetiv. Lahora oilehetiv implies it needs to be good or bad. Over here, where it involves a mitzvah, it's going to have to take account of not only the body, but also the soul. So it might be good for the body, but bad for the neshama. And therefore, it's not included in this pasuk, so potter here will be exempt. On a similar note, lekayim, if you made a shavuot to fulfill a mitzvah, the lekayim, and you do not fulfill that mitzvah, or you swear to not to do a particular avira, and he did do that avira, in this case as well, Potter, who would be exempt, of course, exempt from the from violating the Shavua. He's certainly liable to whatever punishment comes with violating that Avera. But in terms of the Shavua, the Shavua does not obligate him because it is not included in Lahora Ilehetiv. Because again, with a mitzvah, fulfilling a mitzvah could be the same thing. If somebody makes a Shavua, for example, not to eat Chomitz on Pesach. So in terms of his body, it's considered to be withholding benefit from himself. Considered to be bad for his body, as it were. But in terms of his neshama, the spiritual side, it's considered to be good. And therefore it's not included in a harar al-hetiv. So since there are examples of mitzvahs which are not included in a harar al-hetiv, so now any mitzvah which one swears about would not come under the category of shavuas bitui. However, in all of these cases, since it is, it is an invalid shavuah and it would not obligate him, it would be considered a shavuas shav, a shavuah in vain, which we'll learn more about later on in this parak. So Shavuot's Shav does not necessarily obligate him for the future, but the Shavuot itself would be in vain and he would be punished for making that Shavuot itself. Now, the Mishnah says, I could have learnt a Kalvachimer, an argument of all the more so, to say that he should be liable in these cases regarding mitzvahs. Like the words of Rabbi Hudban Baseira. Omar Rabbi Hudban Baseira said, that actually, when it comes to Shavuot Bitui on mitzvahs, the Shavuot does exist, and it is a valid Shavuot. And he says the following argument. If something which is voluntary and it hasn't got any mitzvah involved, so one is not bound by an oath from Har Sinai, and Har Sinai, all of the Jewish people made an oath to keep all of the, to keep all of the Torah and mitzvahs. So if something which we didn't swear about already at Har Sinai, 
And yet if somebody makes a Shavua about it now, he becomes liable based on that Shavua. So a mitzvah which he already made a Shavua about at Har Sinai to fulfill that mitzvah, is it not all the more so that if he makes a Shavua now to fulfill that mitzvah, he should be liable. He already made a Shavua at Har Sinai, now he's making another Shavua. Just like we see that it was valid at the time of Har Sinai, so it should be valid now. the Chachom said to him, Loi, that's not true. Even my if you're talking about a Shavua regarding something which is voluntary, it's neutral. It doesn't involve a mitzvah. Over there, the Posuk made not doing it like doing it. Meaning whether you make a Shavua to do that thing, for example, to eat or not to eat, both Shavuas are valid. Can you learn the same thing regarding a Shavua to fulfill a mitzvah? That was the whole argument of Rebbe like You see that the Shavua to fulfill the mitzvahs worked at Har Sinai, so too if somebody makes a Shavua to fulfill a mitzvah, not to violate a mitzvah, to fulfill a mitzvah now, it should work, just like, just like it worked at Har Sinai. But the Chachom say, no, not doing it is not like doing it, meaning even you, Rebbe agree that one is not able to make a Shavua to go against the mitzvah. That if somebody made a Shavuot to go against the mitzvah, and he didn't go against it, he's exempt. That Shavuot would not obligate him. And therefore, to fulfill the mitzvah, one can also not make a Shavuot. Because the Pesach says, To do bad or to do good. Which we've explained until now to mean not to do something which is a benefit for him, or to do something. So if this is something where you wouldn't be able to make a Shavuot not to do it, or to do it, to violate a mitzvah, so you can't do the opposite, which would be to fulfill the mitzvah. So this is another thing which is learned from the Apostle of Lahara Lehitu according to the Chachomim. Mishnah Zayin, if somebody states, I'm making an oath not to eat this loaf of bread. In such a case, he would be liable for eating it if he eats the size of a kazayas, the size of an olive of that bread. He doesn't have to eat the entire loaf of bread. He said he's not going to eat any of it, so as soon as he eats the minimum amount of, to, to be liable, which is a kazayas, he would indeed be chayev from then. Now, after he said that shavuah, he then said, I'm making an oath not to eat all of it, not eat it. Meaning, over here the shavuah is not to eat the entire loaf. If he eats less than the entire loaf, he hasn't violated the Shavua. And then he says again, I'm making a Shavua not to eat it. And after that, he ate the entire loaf. Says the Mishnah, He is only liable for having violated one Shavua. Because only the first Shavua um, is valid. The first Shavua made him forbidden to eat even a small amount. That was already forbidden. So if he made another Shavua not to eat it, the second Shavuah is actually a smaller Shavuah. The second Shavuah makes it only prohibited to eat the entire loaf. But it's already forbidden to eat even a small amount. So we have the rule of in Isr Chalal Isr, or in Shavuah Chalal Shavuah, that if somebody is already prohibited to do something, for example, in this case, he's already prohibited to do it because of the first Shavuah, he's not going to be prohibited to do it because of a second reason, because of the second Shavuah. Now the truth is, if it was the opposite way around, if first he said, I'm not going to eat it, so he prohibited himself to eat the entire loaf, but he's allowed to eat part of the loaf. And then he says, I'm making a Shavua not to eat even part of it. So now, if he ate the entire loaf, he'd be liable to two Shavuas, because the second Shavua did become valid, because it, it made him prohibited in more than he was prohibited before that. Alright, now the Mishnah says, all of the laws which we've been discussing throughout the last seven Mishnahis in this Perek, Zohi Shavuas Bitui, this is the idea of a Shavuas Bitui, 
that one is liable if he violates that Shavuot on purpose. Intentionally, he is liable for the punishment of Malchus, lashes, while Shigagosan, if he violates it by mistake, Korin Olivayoyred, who will be liable to Korin Chatos, which goes up and down, meaning it depends on how wealthy the person is. If he is wealthy, then he brings a proper animal. If not, then he brings birds, and if he's very poor, then he brings flour. But they're all, they're all types of a Korin Chatos. And now the Mishnah introduces the next type of Shavua, which will be the focus of the next couple of Mishnayis. Shavuas Shov, a Shavuah which is made in vain. One is liable once again. If he violates it on purpose, he's liable to Malchus, lashes. While if he violates it by mistake, then Potter would be exempt. Mishnaches, Eze Shavuas Shov, what are examples of Shavuas Shov? And there are primarily four different types of Shavuas Shov as we are going to see. Firstly, if somebody swears to change something which is known to everybody, there's an obvious fact which everyone agrees about, and this person swears that the opposite is true. For example, he swears about a pillar of stone that it is made out of gold. He swears about a man that it's actually a woman. He swears about a woman that she's a man. That's the first type. The second type, which the mission doesn't actually mention, is the opposite, where he swears about something which is totally obvious. If he would swear, let's say, about a man, that he's a man. That would be the second type of Shavuah Shav, totally in vain, without any purpose, and clearly false. Thirdly, Nishbal HaDovashi Efshar, if he swears about something which is impossible, and the Mishnah's example is if somebody makes a Shavuah to forbid himself from benefiting from something, and he makes a condition which is impossible to, for the condition to be fulfilled. This Shavuah to forbid me to benefit from something should be valid if I didn't see a camel flying in the air. The camel was going so fast it was flying in the air. Now obviously it was not flying. And we're going to understand that even though the Shavuah was not regarding the fact, rather the Shavuah was to forbid him to benefit from something, the condition which he made it was happened to be a, an impossible condition. We're going to understand that even in that case, according to this Mishnah, he would be liable for having made a Shavuah Shav. Even though there are others who explain the Mishnah differently, that's how we're going to understand that even if the condition alone is impossible, that already makes it a Shavuah Shav. Or if he says, If I didn't see a snake, which was in the same shape as the large beam used in the olive press, it's also something which is totally impossible. And the point of the Mishnah is that even though it's part of the condition of the Shavuah, since that's also impossible, the part of the Shavuah is in vain, and he's not taking it seriously. Alright, now the fourth type of Shavuah Shav, you could argue is also sort of a category of the previous t- type of Shavuah Shav, something which is impossible, but the fourth type is something to go against the mitzvah, like we learnt in the previous couple of Mishnayis. Two Mishnayis ago, that to swear not to fulfill a mitzvah is an invalid Shavuah, so if he makes that Shavuah, it doesn't become valid, and therefore it's a Shavuah Shav, it's in vain. And the Mishnah gives a few examples. I want to aid him if somebody said to witnesses, he knows that there are certain people who witnessed an event, and he wants them to testify for him in Bastin. And they are obligated to, by the Torah, to testify for him. So he says, Come and give testimony on my behalf. And they say to him, We're making a Shavuot that we're not going to give testimony for you. 
Und nicht weil du hast eine Mitzvah, if they make a shavuot to go against the different mitzvah, should I allow say sukkah, not to make a sukkah, and to be in the sukkah of the sukkah, so they should allow a lulav, not to take and shake a lulav, so they should allow you to fill in, to make a shavuot not to put on to fill in. All of these examples which the Mishnah has given would come under the category Zayishvashov. This would be a shavuot in vain. The one is liable if he makes a shavuashov on purpose, he's liable to Malchus, lashes, Valshigigosa Potter, and if he makes a shavuashov by mistake, then he would be exempt. Mr. Tess, If somebody says, I'm making a shavuah, that I'm going to eat this loaf of bread. And after that, say, now he becomes obligated to eat that loaf of bread. And then he says, Shavuah I'm making a shavuah that I'm not going to eat that loaf of bread. Says the Mishnah, The first shavuah is a shavuah's bitui. It's a regular shavuah which obligates him to do something voluntary. And now that becomes an obligation for him. And the second shavuah, shavuah's shav, is a shavuah's shav. It's a shavuah in vain because it's going against something which he is obligated to do. And the Mishnah elaborates, If he ate the loaf, then then he only violates the shavuah's shav. The shavuah's shav is not dependent upon him eating it. The very fact that he made the shavuah is already a shavuah's shav. The point is that if he eats it, then he only violates the shavuah's shav. Whereas lo'achola, if he doesn't eat it, then he also violated the shavuah's bitui, of our shavuah's bitui, and he would be liable to two punishments, to, su- to, to two sets of malchus, for having violated both shavuahs. The point of the Mishnah is, even after he swore not to keep the original Shavuas Bitui, that original Shavuas Bitui still obligates him to act according to that Shavuah.